Today's episode is a little bit different. Well, technically, it's a whole lot different. For starters, I have a guest. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I am doing good. (laughs) This is the More Than Just Words podcast, where we'll be exploring the crazy and interesting world of words and see how they can take on vastly new meanings, one story at a time. I'm your host, Khalil Magtoto. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today's episode is entitled The $90 Million Mistake, and I'd like to introduce you to today's guest. You good to start? I'm like so like, I'm so nervous now. My name is Marcus Group. I'm 43 years old. Marcus is the Senior Director for Design at Kira Systems. My role is, you know, to lead the team, but more importantly, is to support the team, allowing them to kind of do their best work. Before we continue, is it all right if I segue into the word of the day, Marcus? Totally, totally, yeah, yeah. Our word of the day is negligence. It's spelled N-E-G-L-I-G-E-N-C-E. It is a noun that means failure to take proper care in doing something. Its roots can be found in Latin, and it evolved slowly in the Latin language as time passed by. First, it was negligere, then it had a vowel change and it became negligere, after which it morphed into the more beautiful sounding negligentia. Eventually, in the 14th century, the French adopted this word and turned it into negligence, and it stayed the same ever since. Now, let's hear from Marcus and hear about his story of negligence and how he overcame that trial in his life. Could you tell me about a time that you struggled? There's so many that come to mind. When you've been around as long as I have, there's probably more situations with struggle than there have been ones that have gone smoothly. The comment you meant earlier around the meaning of words, kind of one that really strikes me is, you know, I think in English, we, we use the word failure for so many different things. We use it for small mistake or kind of a quick you know, failure. Hey, when I was working on this project, it kind of like failed or, you know, it's very much a bit of a small obstacle to overcome. The, the ability to recover from that failure, this industry that's been built up around failure is very much stems from that, hey, we can actually fail fast. Failing fast seeks to take the stigma out of the word failure by emphasizing that the knowledge gained from a failed attempt actually increases the probability of an eventual success. I've seen a lot of that in my career and challenges on that, but I also have seen failure where entire companies have failed. I've seen you know, the failure and the challenge of like Nokia and living through Nokia completely going from like the biggest cell phone manufacturer to to a completely imploding and falling apart. Nokia Corporation is a Finnish multinational telecommunications, information technology and consumer electronics company founded in 1865. With that too is the, the professional failures, how they then impact the individuals who live through that. I've had uh, two colleagues commit suicide. Oh man. The profound impact then that that a professional failure then has on someone's personal well-being, on their mental health, and, and also on their general being. Is there a time when a struggle left such a huge impression on you? You know, the, the ones that were incredibly tough are the ones that you, you stay away from remembering fondly, or you look back and you kind of realize it was a much tougher time. There's one that immediately I love to tell, and it's kind of the one challenge that kind of got me into design in the first place. Marcus has an undergraduate degree in arts and business. You know, graduated from University of Waterloo. My first job was in a leadership development program 
in a big utility, you know, in a finance function, really responsible for the cash flow forecast. So that essentially means everything we're going to spend on a given day or on a given, you know, given month, all those forecasts that come in, as well as all the money that we're going to get in from the revenue, I can like plot that all out. And at the end of the day, we kind of know whether or not I need to go out and invest or, you know, invest the money into just short-term investments, or I need to then go and borrow money. From what Marcus told me, everything was... Pretty simple, straightforward. Until... I made a $90 million mistake. Ouch. This would have happened back in 2002, back when um, electricity trading, energy markets were really hot. Enron was like the hottest company to work for. They were like the, the Tesla of the time. Everyone wanted to like work at uh, Enron. I was working at uh, Ontario Power Generation, but again, like very much energy trading, electricity trading was was really, was popular. Just to put things into perspective, in 2002, Google was around, but not huge, and it hasn't gone public. At work, people had desktop Pentium computers with two gigabytes of memory. That was big. Buying and renting DVDs was still very common. Laptops were available, but still an expensive luxury compared to desktop computers. No cars drove themselves. And at home, people had nine megabits per second internet if you even had a good internet connection. This would have been the, the spring of uh, 2002. So what exactly happened? Did my, my work in the morning, was ready, went out for lunch with a couple of colleagues, came back and then had our back office, which is essentially the, the function that actually talks to the banks to get the money resolved. And she she came to me, uh -oh. you overinvested $90 million. You realize you overinvested $90 million. And in that mistake was very much, I had actually not taken out an estimated number as the actual numbers were coming in. I kept both the actual and the forecasted number, which meant I was double counting. And I just, you know, I got sick to my stomach. I was just, yeah, I was, yeah, I almost felt like I was gonna vomit. I didn't know really what to do as well. So a fresh grad had access to $90 million and what, nobody checked this? Um, and, and usually that wouldn't even have been in a situation I would have been in because my boss usually would have to sign off on it and his, and his boss, would she would have to sign off it on as well. as well. But one of them was golfing and one of them was in a meeting with a CFO. So neither of them were actually did the, the checks. So how did you feel when all of this went down? Walking in and then seeing firsthand, seeing the back office officer who was there from, from, from our finance team who then just looked at me in her stare and her shaking her head. And then I knew something was wrong and just feeling like that, that my stomach then just drop out from under me and just wondering, okay, there's something wrong here. And then when she said you overinvested $90 million, I just started to panic and wonder like, what do I do here? Like, I'm clearly going to get fired. It's going to be the end. There's nothing, there's nothing I can, you know, I can do here. You know, a bit of panic, you know, crept in as well. But really in my stomach, I just like, I just really felt sick to my stomach, much to the point where I almost for a second thought I was going to vomit. But it was just one of these situations where hearing someone say, you've overinvested $90 million. What have you done for someone who's, you know, 22 and just out of, just out of university is, you know, you know, the panic starts to set in. Okay, you're 22 and you've just made a huge mistake. What next? What is the following step? The, the first reaction was very much panic. 
$90 million overinvested. Those words really rung to me, oh, this is bad. But to be honest, I actually wasn't aware like what, what the solution was. And because my boss wasn't around and my boss's boss wasn't around, it was a little bit of like trying to figure out like, oh no, I know we have to do something. And then uh, there was a colleague there who kind of like, you know, sat me down and said, okay, what, let's figure this out. The first thing you need to do is you need to call back each of the bankers you dealt with this morning to overinvest, you know, the, you know, the investment that you made here that actually ha- led us to be $90 million overinvested. And you're gonna need to explain the situation to them. You're gonna need to ask them to undo those, those transactions. And you need to also realize that in doing that, they're actually not going to make any commissions off of those specific transactions for the day. Like they're going to like on those specific ones, that's money they would have banked already. But now you're asking them essentially to take money in their pocket to undo those deals. A middleman is a trader or firm that provides a service by acting as an intermediary between two parties, frequently producer to consumer or seller to purchaser. They often make money by charging a commission on trades and deals that have successfully pushed through. So I think, you know, I think there then was someone who sat me down and, and have me like actually talk me through calmly what the next course of action could be, but did it in a way to also make me realize what the stakes were and what was actually in play, not just for myself, but also for the other individuals who, who were involved. There are two routes that you could have taken. You could have either caved and tapped out and almost just like left, given up and just said like, this is going to be a blemish on my career. Or you could do what you did, which is you toughed it out. You did the right thing by, you know, putting in a solution, which is calling the bankers, swallowing your pride. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that piece about how you had to one, swallow your pride to reach out to these bankers. And two, you had to say like, I made a mistake and I'm going to, I'm going to tough it out and Find a solution. Tell me about that. The initial reaction was, I can't call them. One of the bankers you know, was a, a fairly surly, fairly direct individual. And back in my head was like, I can't call this guy. I need your help on this call. And he's like, no, no, you have to do this. And I, so then, you know, once you kind of muster up the courage to actually make that call, actually explain the situation and to, to undo that deal, once I kind of got that out, it then made me realize, okay, now I just need to sit. And on one of the calls, it was quiet, no response on the other end, which would have seen for like five minutes, but it probably was only like five seconds. But that silence just made me realize that, that this was now out of my hands. I, you know, I've kind of am now at really at the mercy of the other individual on the other side, being able to either say, yes, you want, let's do this or say no. They eventually said, yes, let's, okay, let's undo this transaction. And from that perspective, then it, it really, you know, it, it makes you check your ego. It makes you really realize that the relationship there that I was banking on was not just the relationship that I had, but also the other individuals, like my the relationship my boss had and the other the relationship that others had there too. And that that was actually, that I wasn't simply trading on my own relationships with these individuals, but also the those of others. So that, that kind of really heightened some of the stakes there as well. One of the other bankers I had to call, she quickly highlighted, hey, I made a mistake like this when I was younger as well. She said, you want, don't sweat it. We'll walk, let me talk you through it. We'll kind of get this done too. So then you kind of quickly realize that, wow, okay, I made a mistake. Others have done this as well, but again, made you really value, okay, you want someone actually going out on a limb and actually sharing their own mistakes and the mistakes that they have made earlier in their career as well. 
So what did you learn from all this? What was your big takeaway? In all of that, I quickly learned the value of relationships. So I had to call back our bankers and actually ask them to undo the deals that we had done for the day, which meant that they then didn't make any money or any any commission on those deals that we did. And through that, you know, it, it taught me a couple things. It taught me, you know, the importance of relationships and often that um, even in something like this in finance, which, which is very transactional, having those personal relationships made a huge difference. And that's something I've carried forward in my career around just the relationships I've built with individuals and realizing that those relationships are just, you know, not just in the moment, they're actually over time. The other part that it, you know, it made me really focus was made me realize that the reason why I actually made that mistake in the first place was I was distracted by a design blog and I was reading a design blog and it was a sign to then for me to to then go instead and quit finance and pursue a master's in design instead which kind of took me down the journey that where I am today. Marcus has since completed his master's of arts in interaction design at the University of Westminster. He's worked with the likes of TELUS, Rogers, Indigo, and now at Kira Systems as a designer not as a treasury analyst. Well, so that's that's one that, that, that jumps out to me is that there was a very formative, it was a very formative challenge. It wasn't necessarily one of the, you know, uh, a challenging situation which dragged on for, for days or months or years, you know, which, which has been some of the other design projects, but was one that really steered me in the direction that I went as well as really helped me understand the value of relationships. Thank you so much for that wonderful story, Marcus. I hope you learned something new and totally random today. If you found yourself thinking, what the heck, that's so random. That's mission accomplished for me. I'm your host, Khalil Magtoto, and thanks for listening. Come back next time for the next episode of the More Than Just Words podcast. Peace.